Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. But before we jump into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Crew. It's no secret around here that we are big fans of the Bible, y'all. God's Word just changes me. It does. You're going to hear Trilly and I talk about it. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible or that you couldn't just pop on Amazon and have one sent to your house, that you couldn't afford one, or that you aren't even allowed to have one. With all that's going on in the world right now, we're more and more aware of that, right? But honestly, sometimes we forget that there are people, lots of people around the world who simply can't get a Bible. And that's why we're so excited and honored to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew has given Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. And when you sign up to provide three Bibles at a monthly gift of $21, Crew's going to provide meals for five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And as a thank you to you, you'll receive a free copy of my book. That sounds fun. Just text FUN to 71326 and help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text FUN to 71326. That's F-U-N to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend Trillia Nouvel. Trillia is a Bible study writer, a prolific author, a speaker at conferences and retreats. She spent seven years serving as the director of community outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. And she is currently an acquisitions editor for Moody Publishers. I love the work this woman does, and I'm excited for you to get to know her too. So here's my conversation with Trillia Nouvelle. Trillia, long time for you to get on the podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Welcome to That Sounds Fun. Well, not, I'm so honored, so excited to chat with you. We've seen each other a ton and we've yes. talked about it, but yes. now we get to. We get I know. <laughs> you know what's funny is there's two there's two ways people end up on well they, everybody knows the rules. You either have to be my friend or someone I want to be friends with. So you we're already yeah. friends. We've been friends for a decade or something. I don't know. Yeah, a very long a time. And but the other way is like if someone has something releasing or if people just keep saying someone's name to me over and over yeah. again, I'm like, fine. Fine. I will get you Trillia, everybody. So you need to know that you are highly requested to be Aww. on the podcast. Well, that's very kind of your friends. I know. I think it's really sweet. I was like, hey, everybody, I've got it. Just pump the brake. She's coming. Um, so, but I also like catching you right now, kind of in between. You have a release coming for kids in January, but are you writing right now? Are you teaching right now? What are you working on when you're not releasing a book? People don't really hear from us in the middle of these seasons very often. Not at all. Actually, it's so funny because you just get busy doing serving, doing yeah. the thing. Um, so it's interesting. I feel like I'm always writing. So yes, I'm writing. But did you know I'm an acquisitions editor also? So I work for a publisher. That's right. I'd <laughs> forgotten. Oh, we're going to do that. We're going to tell everybody what you're looking for. I know. So it's so, <laughs> it's so much fun. So yeah. as a result, I find myself doing a lot of ideating with other authors yeah. or potential authors and reading their books, which is an absolute joy. So, so I'm doing a lot of that. Who are you acquiring for? Will you remind me? Moody Publishers. Moody, so I work for Moody. Right. Yes. So very yes. smart authors. <laughs> 
That's funny. It's true. It is true. I think you would like to say they are. Yes, they can. Every publisher is known for certain things. Moody is one of the ones to know. You you may have a PhD behind your name. You may have a lot of years behind your name, but those people are smart over there. That's so funny. Well, it's it's a joy. We have a the, a wide gamut of different yeah. authors, but I think they're smart. <laughs> yes. What's what do you love about as an acquiring editor? Let me for people who don't know, acquiring editors are the ones who who meet with authors first and meet with agents first to kind of either pitch authors to pitch the book or for you to say how can we help ideate? Like you said, tell me about the spot you have in kind of shaping the publishing industry. Oh, that's such an interesting. Well, I mean, there's a few things that I'm, if people were requesting me, they probably know I'm a black woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, dear everyone, I am a white woman. Trulia is a black woman. So, those are some stats you cannot see. <laughs> so, I do think that that helps shape. I, I really do yeah. believe yeah. that. And, and although I do acquire broadly, I have been pretty intentional to look um, for other Black women in particular and see where I could elevate their voices. But obviously not just, if you look at my list of people, um, it's very diverse. And I'm so excited about that. But other ways I think I can shape is my various life experience and general knowledge in the industry. I'm an author. And so I think I... I kind of have a pulse, but and I speak around the country. Right. So I have, a, I feel like I have a certain pulse on what people are yearning for, what they're desiring, what where where their pain points are, or yeah. in the industry, what we call felt needs. Right. But really, pain points. The language. Points. <laughs> and so those are, I think, other unique ways that I can, I, I believe, help. Yeah. Um, encourage and shape, at least moody. I, I, I don't know about the industry. <laughs> I'll tell you the industry. I think you totally shape it. I mean, I, and I think acquiring mm-hmm. editors, the things that people outside of our industry may not realize is really the acquiring editor is the gate. That is we, who yeah. gets, that is who decides what books get published. And so y'all really are the shapers of, I mean, I'm, I, you and I shape it as authors, of course, because it's my book. But if everybody says no to my book idea, it isn't probably exactly coming out right. by through a traditional publisher. Okay, so our friends listening who are thinking about being a writer, why should we try traditional publishing or when should we try traditional publishing over self-publishing? Oh, that's a very good uh, question. Um, okay, so it all depends. Right. So you asked why and when. I'll start with the when. I think if you have an idea, it's always great to pitch it. Just pitch your sure. idea. So I wouldn't, I don't think you're, it, it's um, a problem to pitch. I would say that one of the things that's often good is to test your idea with your audience. So yeah. either through writing on a blog or through Instagram or starting a newsletter, there are things that you can do to to start that I would encourage anyone to do. And it kind of tests okay, do you have a readership for this? However, I did that with Let's All Be Brave. My book, Let's All Be Brave, I practiced about maybe three concepts on my blog to see what people would respond to. And the one that they like latched onto, I thought, I do have a whole book of this. Yep, yep. And 
I think that's so wise. And I, I don't know about you, but I love writing, but I'm not writing for my health. I'm writing to serve people. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so it's good to test things to see what will actually serve others. That's right. What is a good um, use of your time? What is a good use of your time yes. and their time? Right. <laughs> and the acquiring <laughs> editor's time. <laughs> All the time. Everyone's time. So, so I, so I would say practice those things and, and see, however, you, you can always pitch an idea without pitching a book, which I would highly recommend um, to an agent or an editor or a friend who is a writer. Yes, um, yes. So that you can see if you're onto something. Self-publishing is 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 great. You can do that. Um, however, I, I I am a fan of traditional publishing. That's what I've I done, and I I think it you you're going to be tested well in that, and you'll have kind of an accountability and yeah. editorial help. There's so much that that is beneficial that it's hard for me to push self-publishing. Yep. However, when in doubt, I mean, I know some self-published people who are, who will not come to traditional publishing because they've had great success Totally. and they like the freedom. And they like I mean, the system publish- that they've built of the editor they have yes. and the designer they have and the type yep. type setter they have. And yeah, I'm I, my, my theory with people truly is I'm always like, if you've got one book in you and you're never going to want to write again, and you have $10,000 yeah. that you can invest in getting it on Amazon, self-publish it. But yeah. if you, but, but I, I'm with you. Always shoot for seeing if this is a mass market kind of book that might have a shot that would help a lot of people. When people say, I would love for you to respond to this, Julia. <laughs> if it, here's the sentence. If it helps one person, respond to that, please. <laughs> well, okay, so that's really interesting. I... I have, I've probably said that phrase, if it just helps one person, I think some of that is people trying to just stay encouraged with writing because it can be lonely and hard and and you think it can be, it is full stop. It It is is lonely and hard. (laughs) Being an author is why the Lord ever asked me to do this job where I have to sit by myself quietly to get my job done is insane. Yeah, exactly. It is proof that he can part the seas. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and most books don't make bestseller lists. Most right. don't. Right. And so, and praise God for those that do, but most don't. So you have to be encouraged to just keep being faithful yes. while while a smaller number of people read your book. Yes. So I think that's part of why. However, no, I mean the goal is and the hope is <laughs> that many people will yes. read and benefit from this book. And so if you're going to, I also want, can I say something else? Yes, <laughs> say all the things. That, what, what our <laughs> friends don't know is you and I are recording on Friday afternoon. We are loosey-goosey. They are getting us talking the real deal about this industry and about writing. So Let's you just say what you want to say. One of the things that also, if we're talking about sayings that are not helpful, is... <laughs> If you're going to make a list of sayings that aren't helpful, I submitted if it only helps one person. And I absolutely don't believe in that. And what would you like to submit? What's another phrase? Um, it's it's not so much a phrase, but an attitude. 
Mm. So many people are afraid to promote their books. And oh, we can talk like, about this. Yes, I'm like, if you're going to have, you're going to spend a year investing all of that time. You have in publishers who are investing money in that work. You've got editors, all these people. You better talk about your book. You right. better tell people about it. It is a stewardship issue. Yes. And so many people get caught up in the, oh, I don't want to be self-promotion. Absolutely. We don't want to be about ourselves, mm -hmm. but we want people to read and be encouraged with the work that we do. And yes. so I want to encourage Everyone listening, if you've written anything, you are yes. unless you really are writing a journal for yourself, <laughs> you have written it so people can be encouraged. Yes. Tell them. Tell yes. people about it. Yes. And I mean, so one of the I, things my publisher said to me with That Sounds Fun was when we were starting this new deal, I'm with Ravel and Baker, is it is their job to help the book get in front of strangers. It is my job to make sure the people that I'm friends with know it exists. That's all they're yes. asking you to do. They're not asking me to tell the world. They're asking me to tell the people who have already chosen to listen to me and be my friend. Yes. And so, and I also really think the things you write, I mean, truly, I will say this about your books far before I'll say them about mine, but, but, but they really are a gift from God to us. And the mm. only person who who stewards that gift at the beginning is you. And so mm. I'm the only one who can tell people about the gift God's given me through the writing. I, yeah. Someone else can't do that at first blush. They can once it's out. But yeah. you're right. I, I'm like, tell people about your books. I can't know the book yeah. that's going to change my life if the author never tells me. Yes. Amen to that. And thank you for the encouragement. And I feel the same about you. And it's just such a blessing. But yes, I do think, and I'm, I'm glad that the way you frame this, it's a gift. It's a gift it's from a the gift. Lord. And, 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 and in my experience, I can't tell you how many people have read something that I wrote and they, they were ministered. They, they were, they were going through cancer a cancer diagnosis and fearful and they were ministered to. I'm like, oh, it's worth that to yes. tell people about it. So, so yeah. So that to me is, is a hang up that I understand, but I also think <laughs> if I can be so bold, Satan doesn't want you to tell the story. That's right. So yeah. I mean, so I think we can be hindered by this fear of self-promotion, not to actually tell people this stuff that needs to be out there and that could be a gift and a benefit. So there we go. <laughs> we also, also, my Friday afternoon self wants to push on this a little bit more and say the other reason we don't want to tell is we don't want to feel the rejection personally. If someone else, oh, yes. if someone else is marketing our book or if someone else is it, well then, but if I'm telling you to read the book and you don't do it, then I have to face that personal rejection. So I'd rather say I'm not a self promoter than mm. be vulnerable with the work that I've put two years into. A hundred percent. And I have wrestled with that in my own heart. Me it too. is scary. It yeah. Is I only scary. know those sentences because they live in me. <laughs> absolutely scary to push yes. sin, to push, you know, post or whatever. Yes. And you overthink it. I overthink so many dumb things that I'm like, my husband, <laughs> he's like, why are we still talking about this? Just do the thing. But I can overthink things. And so yeah. absolutely, I think rejection and that fear of rejection holds so many of us back. It's 
holds me back. I have to pray and submit it to the Lord because it's scary. Yes. It really, I mean, it, and Trulia, I was looking, I did a deep dive on your Amazon life today. I mean, you've released, you've been releasing books, particularly like you wrote a book about diversity in 2014. Yeah. I mean, you've been, when was, was that your first book? When was your first book out? It was my first book. It was, yeah. That's why I thought I remembered that being true. I am, so, so not only are you writing books that, that, no one else can write. You're literally writing books that I cannot write from my seat as a white woman. Hmm. Right. And so so if you don't tell me about it, how am I ever going to learn and grow in that way too? Well, that's so encouraging. And I hope everyone listening who's thinking, wait a minute, I don't, maybe I don't have anything to say really evaluates their life and think about that. Yes. Because because you are right. There are, <laughs> there are certain things that I can say and experiences that I have that mm-hmm. not everyone has. Yes. And so I am, yeah, I'm grateful that the Lord allowed me to take that step of faith. And that was a big step of faith. Um, it was before it was the middle. Yes. Say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> now everyone's kind of talking about, but then I, I remember I was one of the first female Oh, yeah. um, in my circle of whatever that was talking about it, that that was published. Mm-hmm. Now, people were talking about but that was sure. published from a Christian perspective. And and, and it, it was, was in a very white world. Yes. You nailed, You said what I, yes. <laughs> what you can say, but I was like <laughs> tiptoeing around. <laughs> right. You don't have to tiptoe around that. You were one of the first black women speaking at a lot of white conferences. Yes, and so you yeah. were also one of the first black women published in a way that was put in front of a lot of white women. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so, so it was really interesting and hard and lonely. Yeah. And I remember moments being in a hotel room by myself crying because I had just experienced some kind of racism. It was just very difficult, but the Lord met me in ways and, and talk about selling books. That book didn't sell very well at all. Mm -hmm. However, I have, the Lord opened other doors for me to speak in ways that I don't think I would have. And I obviously wouldn't have written God's very good idea or created God colorful us. These other things that the Lord has allowed if I didn't take that step of faith. But yeah. no one wanted to talk about that then. So yeah. that's why I didn't move very well. Like no one cared about diversity in the church. Yeah. yeah. And so so it's really interesting. Um but I'm I'm so glad that I'm really glad that Moody actually was they took a chance. It was a chance chance because I I n- no one knew me. I I was, it was my first book. I had just written maybe a couple of articles. I was a, a journalist at a local paper. Yes. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was such a chance and I'm so glad that they were so kind to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Modern Fertility. Did you know that a simple finger prick can unlock a ton of insight into your reproductive health? I'm talking egg count, menopause timing, whether or not your hormone levels indicate conditions like 
thyroid disorders or PCOS, all things that are good to know whether or not kids are in your future. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. It's super simple. They've made it quick and relatively painless. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at $159, a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can put those dollars towards Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, which I think is really helpful. And you can talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids soon or maybe one day in the future, then having this clinically sound info about your body can help you make decisions that are right for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our friends $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundreds or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun. Modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Trulia. This, this may be a hard question, but I, you have it in you, I believe. What do you love about the racial reconciliation conversation going on amongst women in the church? And what do you not love about the racial reconciliation conversation going on, particularly amongst women in the church? So that's an interesting question because I speak to both men and women about this topic. So yes. I've got to think for a second. Oh, you can um, you can give us the men. I was trying to give you an easier, if you have a oh. n- neutral, I was trying to make it easier because I was thinking about conferences we used to be at. But if you've got a, a mixed, I mean, we have guys and girls listening. So I like it both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I can talk in general because yep. I'm actually in general for this audience. Yes. Great. For this topic. But Okay, I'm encouraged that it is like happening. We yeah. are engaged in this conversation. It's not something that you have to force people to talk about. Everyone is trying to figure this out. Yeah. Everyone what for and and whether it's <laughs> which is goes into the negative part. Whether it's aggressively in error or not, we are having the conversation where when I was having this conversation, there was so much apathy. People just did not care. And so I would, it was dragging, it was like dragging people to talk about it. Like be, this is important. Have this conversation where now it is so important. And most people, most people are want to have good faith conversations, desire to love each other. I really do believe that. Where it's difficult is that we are on some crazy topics that I don't even think, I think are like complete distractions that no one even knows what they mean, mean like CRT. I don't think most people know what that means. And so we're having these conversations with no clear definitions and and their academic tool, no one knows what they mean, but they're, they have deep, like super opinions about it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's, it is interesting, but also difficult because it, 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 it takes us, 
way off. It, okay, I'll say it this way. We can't talk about just foundational things because we're trying to figure out something that we don't know anything about. Yeah. So it's it's made it so difficult to even, t- do you know what loving your neighbor means? Let's just talk about right. what Jesus meant. <laughs> what is that command? Right. But we can't even have those foundational topics because we're talking about so many other things that it's it's really, really in- difficult. It's it's difficult. Yeah. So, however, I have a lot of hope, but it's, it's I do too. I have more hope than I've ever had about it too, honestly. Yes. Because I'm like, man, you can't. It, it is always hopeful when you can't get away from a sin pattern that you're in. Yes. Or surround, you know, so so it doesn't feel good. But if you can't, if God won't let you get away from the thing, that's hopeful because that means good is coming. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're facing ourselves in yeah. ways that we weren't facing ourselves before, which is yeah. very good. And Some of the really interesting, I mean, did you ever play Carmen San Diego? Do you remember that game, that computer game? I, I never played it, but I know the name. Yeah. So what ends up <laughs> happening is you go down a trail and you fly to an airport and you get off the airplane and they say, you've come to the wrong airport. No one's here. And you're like, I followed this trail this far to end up at the wrong airport. And sometimes I think that's what we do with this conversation is we spend this so much time on these little nuance pieces and we get on the plane and we fly over there. And then all of a sudden you're in Cairo and you were supposed to be in Moscow. And it's like, well, you did all that work to end up in Cairo and you weren't even supposed to be there in the first place. Right. I think you're exactly right. It's so interesting. However, like you, I'm really glad that you, we can't, the good thing about this is that we're getting on a plane. That's it. That's exactly (laughs) right. We're at least in the game. That's right. That's exactly right. And so that is so much better than apathy. Apathy is terrible. It is so hard. How to, to get, you cannot get people to care. Right. But so, I mean, you can, but it's it's so hard. So for yeah. people to actually care one way or the other is helpful. Yeah. Uh, when you started writing for kids, when you wrote God's Very Good Idea, which we've read for uh, Mini BFF Book Club, we read it really oh. early in Mini BFF Book Club on a Monday night, and people loved it. What? Um, I remember that. What made you switch to, not switch, what made you start adding in writing for kids and young adults? Yeah, so I haven't switched. Most of my next stuff is for adults, but I started writing for kids because I taught a Sunday school lesson on the topic of race and Imago Dei, the image of God, and and the response of these kids. Yeah. I was like, maybe there's something here. And so I pitched it to a publisher and they 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 agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but I never intended to write for kids. It wasn't yeah. something that I was thinking of or seeking. It was because I taught a Sunday school lesson and their response was just so sweet. And I thought if I can help equip parents in any way and help get into the little hearts of kids, then I'm going to do it. And and it was obviously a need that I didn't yeah. realize. And the Lord was very kind to allow that. Yeah. What is it about, what, what's the good in talking about 
Imago Day about talking about racial justice, talking about our differences to kids? Well, I think part of it is that they are trying to figure out their world. And so it sets a foundation of, hey, where do you get your identity? You are loved by God. You are made by God. And no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. So it gives them that foundation. But then it does. It's not about you. (laughs) You also look around. Your friends are also created in the image of God. They are also valuable by the Lord. So what does that mean for how you treat them? And so those kind of foundational truths, if we can, gosh, if if every heart was captured by that, how, how the world would be changed. And so it's so essential and important that they get those kind of foundations of how they view others and how they view themselves. Important, most importantly, how God views them and how God Mm -hmm. views others, I think as early as possible so that they can love. Okay. And you asked about differences because difference is good. It's good. We have so made difference a strange thing, but difference is good. Yeah. It's like, what? We other, you know, Mm -hmm. but because it's good, I want kids and my kids to, to know that early on and to see that they don't have to be, not only should they not be scared of difference, they can enjoy difference. They can engage difference. They can Mm -hmm. learn and they should learn um, from those who are not like them. Yeah, I I have, you know, my first kid's book, uh, What Sounds Fun to You, comes out this month. And and in the writing of it, even in the working with the illustrator, I kept thinking, what can we put into kids now, sub like almost below the level of what we're actually saying of like, oh, yeah, that kid's book I read had told me that on the playground there are lots of ways to have fun. So maybe that person is cool, too. Right? Yes. So try yeah. to do some of that work. Yeah. So so helping them understand that people are different and have different gifts and ideas. Yeah. That, and so for that, for them to be able to see, oh, well, that person loves soccer and that's yeah. okay. Yes. But what's fun to me is piano and that's okay. And yes. so that I think is is good. I think it's, in, and it also is freeing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To know that we don't all have to be the same. Yes. Like that we all, don't all have to have the same likes or in what, in, what I find enjoy, enjoyable doesn't have to be the same as what you do, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> so we both love Nashville. So we share a lot of the things. Yeah, we do. We do. But it, it's good to, yes. I think, instill those things in kids early on because we are so created differently yes. and that's good. I I mean, I spend my life talking to adults about what they think is fun. And so often it starts with a shaming sentence. Like, well, you may not think this is fun, but, or I don't know anybody else is going to, I don't know what you're going to think about this, or this is dumb or this. And I just go like, oh yeah, if we can teach kids that they're allowed to love what they love, then I, in 30 years, I'm not going to have shaming conversations with adults about fun. That is so interesting. Gosh, Oh, I wonder, I, I, it's in, I think that we have, and gosh, Annie, I'm going to interview you for a sec. But I, <laughs> I don't have time to write a book that we, you cannot acquire anything right now, Julie. <laughs> no, about your book. That's okay, a hilarious book. But I, I wonder if we, as adults, 
do carry a sort of shame. Like we have to always be laboring and everything has to be about self-sacrifice and hard. And I think theologically, we've also, as, as at least in my circles, <laughs> we have made fun. It, we've got to be serious. And yes. so I wonder, did you, have you experienced that? Have you seen that in yeah. that there, there's a sort of, you're not taking life serious if you're not, Especially with Christians, you are not, you are not doing your Christian life right if you're too silly or if you're having too much fun or if you prioritize fun or if you think about fun. It's been very fascinating. So that's one of the reasons the kids book matters so much to me is I'm going like when mom and dad sit down and read that, they're going to be reminded that like when you were nine, you didn't have to think about fun. It just happened. It just happened. Yeah. We just did it. We hurried home from school to hurry home through homework so that we could have fun. And now we don't ever prioritize. We don't ever. That's a strong statement. A lot of people don't prioritize it very often. And so. Yeah. And, yeah. No, but it's I mean, well, in, in I a mean, similar way, in a much, I think, less important way, what I'm modeling with fun is a, is a lot of ways what you're modeling with diversity and loving your neighbor well, because you're going like, hey, I don't care what age you are. You're going to run into a book where I'm going to tell you that, that there is a diversity to be celebrated here. And you're doing it around how we were created and, and our skin color and where we've come from. And I'm taking the sneaky Jesus route of, <laughs> of let's talk about fun, but I'm going to point you to Trillia. And I'm <laughs> going to point you to Beth Moore. And I'm going to point you to Jesus, right? But you think mm. we're just talking about fun because you picked this up in Target. But you're gonna, I'm going to sneaky Jesus you. <laughs> sneaky Jesus you is the best thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also one of the sweeter ways to reach a broad number of people is so that people, yeah. And it's, God has created us. um, He created everything and he created it for enjoyment. So I'm, I'm really glad that you wrote and that you're writing it for kids so that kids can learn to enjoy and to have fun and engage with whatever that it is that is around them. But, but you are right. I, I create, I wrote, different age groups because I want, I, I think all the kids need, they need to, to learn and know. And because it's, it's, they're going to be dealing with certain things right. throughout their whole lives. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's it. It's it, this will, hopefully this conversation will never go away because we will always be advocating for someone that is not being treated the way they should be treated because of something about them. Yeah, whatever it is. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. We have had a pretty rough week at work. And so this morning, one of our coworkers kind of shared this verse with us. And I, I want to say mm-hmm. it to you. You know it, but it's Romans 12, uh, 12, where it says, Rejoice in hope, endure in suffering, persist in prayer. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, I mean, we don't, we, we can talk as specific or not specific, specific as you want to. People have been very unkind to you because of some of your work. And people have said, I mean, there was a very public story of you being treated unkindly because you're black and had us all, the Joan of Arc in me was ready to jump through my computer screen. I mean, just so you know that all of us- I saw it, I saw it. You were very, very kind and supporting me. Very vocal. I was like, oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. It was awful, it was awful. But when you think about that scripture where it says, you know, 
rejoice in hope, persist in prayer, like mm-hmm. handle affliction. I, I know that what, what you might have to say is my, my life isn't as hard as someone else's. Everybody starts with that. So we'll assume that, that there are other people who have pain, I know. But when that scripture, how has that scripture come to life for you in your work and in your life? You know what? It's interesting because I'm talk about Romans, Romans eight. Um, I have been clinging to and yeah. just knowing the promise that God will never leave or forsake me and that God is for me and that he is with me allows me to do Romans 12, to preserve, uh, to it. persevere, to yeah. pray, to rest in him um, yeah. and to have hope. I have that yeah. hope because he wrote in Romans 8 that he's never going to leave or forsake me. That's and right. that, yeah. And so I, so I, I think I, I'm not ultra spiritual. So I'm not going to say that every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> if that's ultra spiritual, none of us are that. Oh, right, right, right. But I am leaning on him. Yeah, I am. I have cried out. It's for many, several years now, I've felt a clinging to the Lord that I've never felt before. And a lot of it is due to this kind of, not means evil, it's evil. That's right. You can say that. Yeah. And so it's, I was going to say mean spirited, but no. No, it's just actual (laughs) evil. It's actual evil. It's actual evil. And so, so yeah, so I, and I have, I have hope because every day I wake up and I, I feel uh, and sense the same nearness. He draws near to the brokenhearted and it seems palatable to me. Like I, yeah. it's very, very something tangible. I feel it. I sense it. I know it. Yeah. And also because you had mentioned the cliche, I don't suffer as much as, or, you know, that everyone says, yeah. I do think because I am surrounded by love in yeah. general, it helps. I yes. think if I were doing this alone, it would be very difficult, but I'm not. And I'm surrounded by people who love me. And I really do think we need people. We need each other. Yeah. And I don't know how anyone survives without some people, some their people. Right. And, right. and so that, I think, helps me as well. Yeah. What is your prayer life like? What is my prayer life like? Um, that's such a great question. Well, I pray. <laughs> I feel like, gosh, this is going to sound so. True. Don't judge your prayer life. Don't judge your prayer life. It's yours. No, I just feel like I'm desperate. I yeah. feel like oh. often, especially, I just think this season and these last. <laughs> I think my prayer life, um, maybe about five years ago, would have been like. Thank you, Lord, for, you know, just real. (laughs) But I feel like this last several years, there's been a desperation in my prayers. And I I like to pray the scriptures. So I've prayed Psalm 23 or and cry out through praying the scriptures. But but a lot of it is, Lord, please have mercy. I I prayed that just the other day. I just pray for mercy for the world, for different things that I, my family's experiencing. So, so there's just a lot of just crying out for desperation, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I kind of have taken the 
pray without ceasing. So I am, I don't have like a, this is my prayer closet time. Yeah. I have a, I pray throughout the day, pray when I see certain circumstances and, and whether that's good or bad, you know, whatever, but that's how I pray. I pray throughout the day rather than like a, I'm going to go in my prayer closet for an hour prayer kind of thing. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, KiwiCo. Since summer has come to an end, our minds are turning to fall, festivals, pumpkin patches, which naturally sparks creativity from the costumes we pick to the recipes we bake and the decor we put up. Let KiwiCo foster that natural creative thinking and channel it into hands-on fun for your kids or the mini BFFs in your life. KiwiCo delivers hands-on science and art projects that make creativity convenient. My mini BFFs and I have done a bunch of Kiwi crates, and it's hard to pick a favorite, but we really loved building the spin art machine. Every single thing we needed was included in the box. The directions were simple to follow. And once we put the whole thing together, then we had tons of fun being creative and mixing colors to create cool pieces of art. I felt like a kid again. They really didn't need any help from me, but watching them have fun while also learning and creating was the best. You can get super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered straight to the kids in your life every month. They'll be so excited to see these arrive in the mail. The day the box arrives will be their favorite day of the month. I mean, who doesn't love getting mail addressed straight to you? You'll be surprised at how high quality the materials are too, y'all. These are real engineering, science, and art projects for kids. Chase some fun this fall with KiwiCo. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code THATSOUNDSFUN at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code THATSOUNDSFUN. And now back to our conversation with Trillia. I, 2021 has been the year where I've done a lot of stomping prayer. I've done more like getting out there and like saying the things and stomping around my neighborhood. I mean, my neighbors must think I, well, I actually don't walk in my neighborhood. I go walk in the rich neighborhood. So they're like that girl who moved in. We don't know who she is. We don't know where she lives, but she stomps around here. (laughs) Okay. That's really funny. (laughs) Their windows are so much more fun to look in. And so I go walk in the rich neighborhood, but Will you, will you, I mean, I just think it's important to pray without ceasing thing. I, it is just a constant conversation, isn't it? I mean, it is just saying to the Lord, like, I've got one more thing to say to you and I'm listening. Yes, I, I, I do. I, I think, um, again, I'm stuck in Romans eight, but I just am so grateful that in Romans eight, there's a part where Paul writes about how the Holy Spirit will intercede and groan with groans yes, so deep yes. when we don't have words. Yes. And so there's been, there've been a lot of times where I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, yeah. this feels so heavy. This feels so beyond, it is beyond me, but it's it not beyond, beyond you. It's not beyond That's him. It. That's it. So, so I, this again is the desperation. That's what I've, I have felt. So, so yeah, it is, it's a relationship. I, I do sense a lot more of a nearness. Like he is my friend. He is a yeah. friend. And so yeah. I can go to the Lord as my friend and talk to him. Um, he's my savior. He's holy. All of the things. 
However, I do am so grateful that he draws near and that he's mm-hmm. a friend and, yeah. um, and that he says in a word that he's a friend. So anyways, so, so it is, I think abiding is about relationship. Mm-hmm. Man, the, the Romans eight, I can't quit that. I don't know how I'd never read this until a month ago is 24 says hope that is seen is no hope at all. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I, oh. I'll be right there if you need me. <laughs> I'll just be right there until I totally understand that because hope that is seen is no hope at all. And I was like, oh, that's it. I always want hope to be this easy thing I can buy at a grocery store. And it just isn't. Mm-hmm. It never is. It is. When you see it, it's done. When you see it, you've got the thing. Absolutely. And I also think that it's it's interesting because hope is in a pronoun. I'm thinking of Hebrews. Hope is in a promise, yeah, right? So hope isn't, isn't, it's, it's about those things that are unseen. And, and, and so we, we hope in his prom- the promises of God, we hope in that what he says is true. And, and so I think that's really interesting. I'm gonna have to look at that translation because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it that way. So that's yes, great. I, same. I was like, what is this? How have I been a Christian for this long? And I've never seen hope that is seen as no hope at all. Okay. Uh, can I just say something to what you just said? Because it's yes. so important. One of the things that I love about Christianity is that we are never going to exhaust the Lord. We're always going to be learning. And so it's so great to read the scriptures and to look and be like, wait, I thought I had read Yes. <laughs> And to, uh, anyway, so I, I think that's so encouraging, one, to remember, but two, to say out loud is that you've been a Christian your whole life and you see something, you're like, what does that even mean? I love what it. What is that? It's- yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think I do exhaust the Lord sometimes, just so you know, in a different way. I do think he finds me exhausting. That's and, hilarious. And he and doesn't. Jesus said, Jesus said, here's a story about praying and not giving up. Exhaust him. Exhausted. Yes. And yes. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember where this is, but I think it's in Psalms where uh, I'll look it up where, where God literally said, it, it says, it may be in Jeremiah. I'll look it up, but it says, um, <laughs> it give like God me, no was... rest. Yeah, that's right. It says, give <laughs> God no rest until he does the work. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. I can give him no rest. I know how to do that. I know how to exhaust that guy. I <laughs> Well, and you see that in the Psalms. If if it's not in the Psalms, I'll be surprised. because my Bible isn't right here beside me. I'll look it up. Yeah. Neither is mine. But you do see that, that they're they're asking and asking and asking. And and I'm grateful that we can. And that we can. Yeah, and I, it doesn't hurt my feelings that, that he can get exhausted with me. Right? Oh, it's Isaiah. It's Isaiah 62, 7. Give the Lord no rest until he finishes his work. So you better hear me pray and truly where I'm like this, Lord, you said, you said for me not to give you any rest. So I'm back. Your girl's back. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I say you said when I'm praying. I mean, it's what you said. You pray the scripture too, right? Yes. Uh, that's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And who is it? Well, wouldn't it have been Moses? Probably. Who was <laughs> like, don't destroy them because yeah, it may not be Moses, because you said you would, you wouldn't. And uh, is it Joshua? Yes, jo- think- Jeremiah? Who is it? 
it is, but the story is right that he says to God, you're the one who said you wouldn't destroy them. Why are you changing your mind now? Yeah. And, and so he has yeah. mercy. So anyways, all that to say, I think reminding the Lord of his own promises is an absolute appropriate thing and good thing to do. You, this yeah. is what you said. You said this in you your said. word. You <laughs> said. I'm telling you, when I get to heaven, he's going to be like, everybody, I'm taking another Sabbath because she's done. She, <laughs> I finally got her up here. I do not have to. <laughs> I, I wear him out, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with it because that's, that is, I, I said to someone the other day, the, the more I persist in prayer and the more it feels like God and I have to argue over things, the closer he feels. I agree. I think so. And there's a nearness there when you're in a relationship. I think you mentioned yeah. relationship. When you are able to speak plainly and clearly and not pretend like you have to be buttoned up. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he already knows. He already knows. He, and so that to me is something that helps me as well. Like there's yeah. nothing hidden before the Lord. He knows. And he knows my needs. So I can cry out. I don't have to pretend. Yeah, so that's, that's right. We don't have to, man, the pretending in prayer feels like I don't have enough hours in my day to pretend in prayer. We've got to get stuff done. Right? <laughs> we I can't. Gotta get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, we got to get stuff done. We got too much to get done. I'll show you. Uh, I'm in the room where I read and pray in the morning. And so I have all these big sticky notes of what I pray for other people oh, that's hanging so on my wall. Because otherwise I just pray for myself. So if I don't look at their names and if I don't look at what they, you know, hanging yeah, up there, but I get, it, it is just such a constant reminder of like, God, I'm, I believe that prayer is, and I, I wrote this down from, um, war room, that movie war room. It says, it said, victories don't come by accident. Prayer actually shapes the future. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because often we, I think I've said that about 15 times. I'm so glad uh -huh. you said that. No, but I, I <laughs> <laughs> often I think we take, we minimize the effectiveness of prayer because we don't believe it's an action. We don't, we think we have to do, 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 and we don't stop and pray. And, um, but I, 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 so I think it's so important that we are people who pray and do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Anyways, that's exactly it's, right. it's an action. So. Yeah. Okay. Trillia, we could do this for another hour. And I would be so happy. Everyone's, this is going to start their Monday great. This is ending my Friday great. This is exactly Aww, what I so want to do. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? Um, Gosh, I don't know. I, I do think it would be good for people to know uh, that I have a chapter book on race yes. for kids yes. called Creative God, Colorful Us. And so if they, if they have older kids, because I think it's really, really, really important for us not to stop at yes. when they're when they're fun and it's sweet and we got to keep going they're about yes. to enter the hard conversations there i remember i'm in an interracial marriage and i remember when my kids came home and talked about the civil rights movement and how and they were learning things that we had already taught them but it clicked and they were like you mommy and daddy couldn't drink out of the same fountain yeah. what and and so I really believe it's so important that we start instilling these things and keep instilling those things. So that's, I just want people to know that that's available if you want your kids to engage the word and keep talking about it because they need yeah. to, because yes. they're about to experience some real life things. So. 
Yeah, it's a great chapter book. What are it, what age is is this like third, fourth grade reading? Is it middle school reading? What is Creative God Colorful Us? Yeah, it's eight to thirteen. Perfect. It's you you can a seven year old can definitely grab it, but they're gonna totally. need to be able to to read. So uh, some families have read it together as a devotional because yeah. because it's you know, oh, it's got well. it's got activities in it. It's got yeah. I mean, it's colorful on the inside. It looks like a really cool devotional book that is yeah. has a really important purpose. Well, I pray so, it does. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Trulia, thanks for making time to do this today. I'm so grateful. What a dream. Yes, a the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Huh. Well, right now, what sounds fun is getting on my bike and running. We, I live in Franklin, so we have a yes. lot of country roads, and yeah. it is absolutely gorgeous. It's rained for two weeks. It has. It has rained for two weeks. I'm going outside after this, too. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to I, I get on my road bike and go in the country and just ride. Yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to anything, or do you just listen? Do you just not? No, I, I do sometimes. It all depends. So yeah. it, it depends on sometimes I listen to books, sometimes I uh, often music. But a friend of mine encouraged me not to listen to anything once. And I started doing that. Yeah. And it's so freeing because there's so much noise all the time. And to just right. be in God's creation without any noise and distraction because n- no one can reach me is yeah. really great. So yeah. I have, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you're like, amen. So, so yes. I, yes. Yeah, so I have actually started not listening to stuff. So, wow. Okay. Well, I'm not quite that good yet. I'm still walking and running with music or podcast or something, but I try not to make it work. Like it isn't, I'm not editing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not scanning through a show to see if we want them on the network. It is, it is me just listening to something that makes me happy and lets my brain think. You know what? That's funny that you said that because most of my audiobooks are random. Yeah. Like, okay, something you probably will laugh at and you okay. not expect that I'm about to say. I have downloaded like a bunch of yacht, what do you call them? Young adults, yacht fiction. Yeah, YA? Yeah, 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 yeah. Diaries or uh, what do you call that? <laughs> like know, John Green stuff? So have you read all the stuff that John Green writes? I love him. I have no idea. I, I will look oh, it up though. But yes. it's just like so brainless. <laughs> yes. That's, I need that. And every now and then I'm, especially like on a plane or something, I'm like, I'm going to do something completely and totally brainless. And it's yes. wonderful. <laughs> Uh, when I was six, some friends bought, brought me magazines that were super trashy magazines that I had never bought myself. And I was like, this is heaven. This is so great. I'm just going to read it and not care. It's the best. <laughs> oh, Trulia, you're such a gift to us. I'm so glad I'm on the planet at the same time as you. And I'm really grateful for the work you do. If there's ever anything we can do for you, I can do for you. You're always welcome back here. Well, you can add me to your prayer wall. with pleasure I will do it I will do it absolutely will I promise and I will pray every time I see your name it's one of my favorite things to go like hey maybe they need to know that someone's praying for them today
Oh, you guys, isn't she the best? Oh, she's brilliant. Listen, that Friday afternoon show on a Monday is some good stuff. Hey, make sure you're following Trulia so you can be the first to know about the beautiful work she's doing. Tell her thanks for being on the show and check out all of her books for all sorts of ages of friends. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie Updown's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun. And I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is going to watch the Nashville Soccer Club play tonight. I'm excited about that. You guys have a great couple of days. And we'll see you back here on Wednesday with my dear friend, Kaylee Dickerson. See y'all then. Yeah. Check, check, one, two, on a microphone. Annie Updown's in your car to your home.